0: welcome to the Stem Cell Report. I'm Martin Perra, the Editor-in-Chief of Stem Cell Reports, the open access journal of the International Society for Stem Cell Research. Now normally in this monthly podcast, we look at highlights from the latest advances in stem cell research appearing in the journal. But in this episode, we have a special program celebrating the ISSCR's 20th anniversary. We'll be speaking to leaders of the society to explore the history, the challenges, and the future of this unique stem cell organization. As we usually do, we'll also hear about some of the latest science and get to know a little bit about the personalities of our guests. Thank you for listening in. Over the past 20 years, the ISSCR has become the preeminent global cross-disciplinary scientific organization dedicated to stem cell research and its translation to the clinic. From its origin in 2002, the ISSCR now has grown to over 4,000 members from more than 65 countries. We bring together researchers, clinicians, bioethicists, and policy experts, and industry representatives from across the globe to share their science and advance the field. Now, while it may be best known for its annual meeting, the Society has led and is leading many critical initiatives that move the research agenda forward, support the scientists, and educate the global community. As a result of these efforts, the ISSCR has become a respected voice for ethics, advocacy, education, and policy in stem cell research. Joining us to talk about the society today and its past, present, and future are three members of the ISSCR Board of Directors, Drs. Fiona Deutsch, Takanora Takabe, and Leonard Zahn. Fiona is a pioneer in the study of adult neural stem cells and a research group leader at the Biozentrum of the University of Basel in Switzerland. Her research groups investigates stem cells in the adult mammalian brain. Taka, Taka runs laboratories on two continents, one at the University of Cincinnati in the U.S., and multiple labs at institutions in Japan, including Tokyo Medical and Dental University and Yokohama City University. The Takabe Laboratories study mechanisms of organogenesis and disease pathogenesis in humans, with an emphasis on translational discovery. Len is the Groesbeck Professor of Pediatric Medicine at Harvard Medical School, an investigator of the Howard Hughes Medical Institute, and director of the Stem Cell Program at Boston Children's Hospital. We have to congratulate him because he was recently inducted into the National Academy of Sciences. And another honor, Lynn also recently received the Christian Nusslein-Volhart Award of the European Zebrafish Society, which came along with a very cool sculpture of a zebrafish embryo as a trophy. Do you have it there, Lynn?
1: I, can, uh, I don't have it right here. I can share my screen and show you uh, what it looks like if you want. I think
0: we'll do that just for fun. It's
1: pretty awesome. Okay, here we go. So uh, let me get this one up here and then I will share my screen. Two seconds. It is really cool. The uh, The trophy is in the shape of a zebrafish embryo.
0: There it is.
1: You see it right there. And uh, It was a real pleasure to uh, give this lecture and talk about my interactions with uh, Yanni Nusslein-Volhard, who had a major impact on my career, uh, providing us a lot of the initial blood mutants that came from the original Tubingen screens. So it was very, very exciting. Terrific.
0: Well, well, welcome to you all. And thank you very much for joining us today. Um, So we all attended the recent ISSCR meeting in San Francisco, where there were over 3000 in-person and virtual attendees gathered to hear the latest science and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the society. I wanted to get your, your initial thoughts and impressions of the meeting. Uh, Lenin Taka, you were there in person and Fiona, you attended virtually. And this may be a tough question, but if you had to pick just one talk, which was the most exciting talk you heard? I'll, I'll start with Fiona.
2: So I my, the most exciting talk um, I found was uh, Tina Mukherjee, who gave a plenary talk and she's at INSTEM in India, and it was just so creative and exciting. So she was looking at how um, the sense of smell, so olfactory cues actually regulate immune priming in Drosophila larvae. And so there are parasitic wasps that attack these larvae, and this then triggers the formation of a very unusual cell type. And she was able to show that this is, requires the sense of smell and that actually GABA, which is normally a neurotransmitter, turns out to be metabolized into succinate, so it gets into this whole metabolic pathway, but then turns on the production of this one type of cell. And then went even beyond that and showed that infected individuals both uh, flies and also mice, I guess larvae and mice, release volatile odors that then in other animals um, induce this priming. So I found this just a fabulous talk spanning scales going from sensing the environment to progenitor um, sort of
0: fate decisions. Great, great story. Taka, how about you? Yeah, I'm
3: actually hesitated to say, but actually, um, I really enjoyed Zone's talk, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you know, you know, I talk, you know, going to lots of, you know, really charming pictures along I S S your histories and legends. And then also I enjoyed the selfies with the senior. Maybe for his, do- his daughter, right? Okay, <laughs> and then also, you know, not just for the ISIS history, but always, you know, his scientific discovery was really phenomenal, actually. And he actually showing a new way of how cells are sensing each other in terms of quality and and finding a new, you know, quality sensing mechanism in the process of hematopoietic stem cell development. And that actually has more broader implication not just in the hematology space, but also, you know, macrophage not behaving as just immune defense mechanisms but also for helping to improve the quality of the cells and so forth so, so that was really inspiring to me if the people missed the talk i think there are you know uh, his talk is available from the digital series so i think you should come back to see his talk. it was really enjoyable
0: terrific i'd agree oh, on that one as well And how
1: about you len well, you know, I, I was very excited by the last session, um, which had all the clinical uh, uh, talks. And, you know, the talk by Vertex was particularly impressive uh, where um, using Doug Melton's protocol, they've been able to take IPS cells, differentiate them to uh, pancreatic islet cells and then transplant those cells uh, into three individuals. And at least in the first two individuals, I thought there were some really interesting lessons. Um, first of all, the first patient is off of insulin. Uh, the mm-hmm. second patient is at 30% dose of insulin. And I think the interesting part about this was that it took a long time for those cells to engraft. So it was even up to 150 days before they continued to make their insulin enough to get the patients down to where their A1Cs, which is a measure of uh of, of insulin, uh, sensitivity, uh, was able to, uh, to see a response. And so that was, that was pretty interesting. And so, you know, I often talk about hematopoietic stem cell engraftment taking time, you know, uh, but I think for these pancreatic islets, it's going to take a little bit more time than our blood stem cells, but they will function. And, uh, you know, the, that session also included, um, the work, uh, Takahashi's lab on, uh, on the, um, beautiful work on uh, retinal pigment epithelial cells for macrodegeneration, but also some initial organoid work for looking at uh, using retinal progenitors to treat retinitis pigmentosa. Um, and then uh, I am a little bit conflicted, but Fate Therapeutics also presented the uh, data on their NK cells. And I think that uh, work has been going very well. So, uh, So that was a Terrific session, uh, really enjoyed that. And then it was the first time we've had a chief medical officer actually presenting at a uh, at an ISSCR meeting. And to me, that signals that uh, stem cells are on their way clinically, and we're gonna see more of that in the future.
0: That was a great session. And I'd also mention Loren Studer's talk, which was absolutely amazing you know. about maturation of neurons. Um, so Lynn, as the founder of the society, uh, take us back to the early days in 2002. First of all, what were your initial objectives in forming the ISSCR? And second, you know, you and I were both present at that first meeting in Washington. What are your memories of it?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, there were a number of reasons to start the ISSCR. We had all met at a Keystone meeting, actually, and a number of us were in the bar. Um, I think you were there, Martin, with Irv Weissman. And, uh, you know, we all started chatting about there was a great need for bringing ideas together, scientific ideas that would help us think about stem cells and uh You know that was the driving force um but also at the time there were many policy decisions particularly governmental policies uh president bush and uh era and uh, you know these things uh made the community even more important to discuss things and be able to help people understand what we were talking about and so um that was the impetus for it Um, the first meeting was awesome um what happened was uh which i described uh And my talk. But, um, you know, we had um, a meeting scheduled in Washington, D.C. The um, uh, General Motors Prize decided to have a meeting on stem cells in Washington, D.C. at the same week. And uh, I realized that this would really inactivate the society. And so we decided to uh, join forces um, that took a little bit of my cajoling to do that, but we were able to get the groups to work together, but it essentially meant that I had invited 60 speakers. There were 60 speakers from the other group. And so we ended up with the overlap, uh, subtracted about 90 speakers. So that meant that we would have meetings, uh, start at 6. AM people were presenting and they would go till 10 PM. And we would just keep on going, uh, for many, many days, including, uh, bussing people to the NIH uh, uh, for the General Motors Prize. And that was really fun, I have to say. Uh, So, um, you know, Sean Morrison told me that was the best meeting he's ever attended. And uh, I definitely felt it. I thought the other hilarious part was there was one exhibitor. Um, And so when I went to the meeting this year and saw this entire, you know, zone marked by 100, 200, 300, 400 with all the different exhibitors, it was it was hilarious to think about the first meeting which had one single exhibitor.
0: Right. Fiona, how were you introduced to society and what do you remember about your first meeting?
2: So I first became aware of the society around the time I was starting my lab. Um, So these were the early days. And um, I think I really became aware of it when Gordon Keller was president and came to visit Columbia, where I started my lab, and he talked to me about it and we shared science. And my first meeting actually was um, in Toronto. So the 2006 meeting, which was exciting and memorable to me for several reasons. (laughs) So first, I'm Canadian. So it was really fabulous to be able to go and talk, uh, give a plenary talk um, in Canada which is such a hotbed of great scientists. And that was also the time when Tula McCullough had just been awarded the Lasker Award. And so that was really great energy. Um, From a personal perspective, I was six months pregnant. (laughs) So this was like a memorable transition moment in my life. And then the other thing I really remember about that meeting was... Um, that's when I first heard Shinya Yamanaka talk about IPS cells. And it was such an electric moment in science, right? Which just transformed and has been such a pivotal moment. Um, so it was a pretty memorable meeting.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess there'd be a few things there you'd, you'd keep in mind. Yeah. How about you, Taka? You, you probably weren't even in the field in 2002, but uh, what was your first meeting like?
3: Right. Actually, um, when the first ICCR study, I was a high school student. So I was obviously not aware of anything at all, but you know, after graduating my medical school in twenty eleven. Actually, I started working on the human pluripotent stem cells, trying to make liver tissues, bimodal, the uh, embryogenesis process. And I actually submitted a talk to ISCL 2012, which was in Japan, Yokohama City, and Shinyeo was the president, and, and last Gage was vice president. And actually, my talk was selected as a plenary talk, which is so, super exciting to me, you know. And the session was actually chaired by George Daly. And actually, after my talk, you know, he, you know, provided a compliments to me, and I was really, you know, uh, inspired by many, you know, audience and high, you know, level scientific communities, and then also industry partners. So many people I was able to interact, although I was really just in the beginning of the stem cell scientist career. So this was actually my life changing to me, and I was really, you know, became a fan of ISSCR, and that makes me, you know, more longer, you know. Uh, participation in an uh, annual basis. So I really love the ISSCR community, not just, you know, about the scientific community, but also, you know, helping early career stage scientists like myself to really promote. So that was really great inclusive community.
0: Fantastic. We say start as you aim to finish. and so, <laughs> I to, um, Fiona, the ISSCR meeting is always a big event in the field, especially this year as we go back to in-person mm-hmm. meetings. But the society does a lot more than just the meetings. So, so you're clerk of the society now and in that job, which I did for a while, you get a broad overview of its activities. So what would we want our listeners to know about the society that they might not know from the outside?
2: Yeah, it's a great point. I think often people think about the annual meeting, but there's so much going on um, behind, not even behind the scenes, on so many different initiatives. So I think there's first great scientific programming, um, there are also international symposia. And during the whole pandemic, ISSCR really came up with this digital platform, which has been tremendously successful um, for shorter format uh, focused sessions. And this is going to continue. And this is um, free to members. It's a wonderful resource um, and great uh, sort of a place to hear science. There are different topics like imaging stem cells, computational stem cell biology, embryo models. Um, so beyond just the scientific programming, there are many committees and really active engagement on different fronts, including education, um, both of scientists and the public. And so the, there's been a great um, education syllabus that's available on the core concepts in stem cell biology. Um, there also there's patient information to, to make them more aware of, of stem cell biology and um, therapies. Then um, I think a huge effort in the society that's really important is all of the policy and ethics um, committees and their regulatory advocacy, which is not just in the US, but really expanding internationally. And the society's put out guidelines for stem cell research. There's now a standards initiative to really try and um, increase uh, reproducibility um, within labs, and um, I think this is really important in both defending stem cell science and um, opposing unproven therapies. And finally, there's the journal, so Stem Cell Reports, which is a really important part um, about, of the society as a, a place to bring science together and hear different voices. So I think the society is doing so much, and um, it's on many, many different fronts.
0: And I'll just add to that the huge role our next-gen leaders have, have- Played in all of those initiatives, just been absolutely. absolutely fantastic. So Len is someone who's been around the field for a few years and, and seen the society grow with it. Uh, in your opinion, what's been the society's biggest impact? And then is there anything we could be doing a better job of? And then I'll turn to Fiona and Taka with the same question.
1: Sure. Well, you know, I think its biggest impact is uh, really the people who are part of the society and the community that has generated through the society. And, you know, when I went through the meeting, um, just to see the collegiality, the sharing of data, a lot of unpublished data, I think that really is what ISSCR is all about. Um, You know, I I think from a societal standpoint, um, our policy work has been extremely helpful. And, uh, you know, the clinical guidelines has had major impact as people start thinking about putting these stem cells uh, into patients. And, um, you know, that's all moving forward at light speed. So I think those are the major areas that we've had, uh, you know, substantial impact.
0: Great, Fiona, how about you? What, what do you see as the society's uh, largest shadow across the field or across the world or whatever?
2: I mean, I think I agree with Len. I think it's so important to foster a community across stem cell science. And stem cell biology spans so many different areas of research. And I think that's what makes it so exciting, right? It goes from basic biology all the way to clinical studies. And I, I think the society is pulling people together and translating this eventually in, into to clinical approaches.
0: Taka, how about you?
3: Yeah, I completely agree to uh, both of you. Actually, you know, there are lots of, you know, challenges to how to, you know, manage the stem cell science in a you know appropriate manner or how we can clean the technology in the patient side. And there are lots of you know, difficulties which cannot really be managed by single scientists, right? So I think having the, you know, regulatory people, advocacy groups or stem cell reports and, and other flagship journals, I think these all domains, including annual meeting or international meeting is always helping us to educate and connect with other people in different disciplines. And that is really, you know, great efforts we can provide and we should really keep moving forward uh, in improving that sort of community level interactions.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting that the three of us really met through ISSCR. I mean, we knew of each other and maybe been in a meeting or two, but you know, this kind of interaction really was facilitated by being at ISSCR meetings and participating.
0: Exactly. So so it's really all about the people and bringing them together. And that that this San Francisco meeting was just so good. You know, seeing all the Australians I hadn't seen a while was fantastic. (laughs) Uh, So talking, you were you were part of the ISSCR's first next generation of leaders program. It's a group of early career scientists, upcoming in the field. What do you see as some of the emerging issues and challenges that the society and field will need to address as as you guys? move forward in your careers
3: yeah i think before talking about issues i think i just want to share the experience with the next gen community because i think it was so inspiring to me and there are lots of learning to meet with such an you know extraordinary group of people at the career stage so in a you know in a community uh, of the next chance i think we are not just sharing the science we are sharing these stories about their, you know, personal difficulties in the life in the different occasions and, and how to solve that. So that type of, you know, not just science, but also, you know, living experience with the, you know, as a stem cell scientist was really helpful for me to learn lots of, you know, something we I have never imagined before. So making a great friends and connecting with, um, you know, people is really absolutely something we need to care about. And talking about issues and challenges, you know, usually, you know, the big meeting like ISCR provides, uh, you know, ample opportunity to talk to um, many big big names like Zen Zorn, <laughs> but honestly, you know, it's a little bit hard to connect with the younger people at the similar generation on purposes. So probably, I think going forward with the you know number of emerging communication technologies, I think we can improve that front. So I'm convinced you know, that, you know, this can be better improved with the in-person meeting setting and, and, and frankly, by this ISCR 2012-22, two, it improved that. So we can potentially, for example, making a better post session arrangement or maybe social event organization. So we can we can do better in in, that, in terms of that, you know, uh, you know, interactions.
0: Well, thanks. So you and the likes of Fiona are going to be running the show pretty soon. So we'll be counting on you to do the job. <laughs> Uh, talking len the isscr has a reputation in some quarters for being a society of academics only interested in basic biology and I, i wonder how true you think that is are we being left behind as the field evolves and stem cell based therapies are moving into the clinic or on the other side are we in danger of moving away from our strong basic science roots so len i'll let you take this one first
1: Yeah, I think the core of everything we do is the basic science. And so, you know, I I feel that's here to stay. And there's no question that we need to make every effort possible to maintain the scientific presentations and scientific interactions that we have. You know, I thought this meeting, there was a change. And the change really came from that last session, where you actually had clinical data presented. And Um, I think that's a chance to invite some other people into ISSCR who haven't participated before, and this includes a lot of industry. And uh, I've, as you know, Martin, been really involved in trying to get as many people to participate from industry as possible. And uh, it's all one big ecosystem. And it's all going to drive things in a positive direction. Having interactions with industry, with clinicians, and others uh, is a positive thing. It's, uh, it can change the way we think about some of our basic science, and we can change the way some of the industry thinks about their translational approaches. So, um, you know, I think it's we're right at the edge. Um, I've seen this happen with other societies where you know clinical data starts making people come to the meeting and. Uh, You know, those talks at the end of the session on retinal pigment epithelial cells, on NK cells, and and islet cells of the pancreas, I think are going to drive a group of people to start to come. And the meeting may get a little bigger as a result of that, Um, but the community uh, will remain strong, and I think there's lots of ways of interacting. So uh, I feel very positive about the future for ISSCR.
0: Terrific. And, and you're right about that last session and we've had clinical talks before, but to really see the push with pluripotent stem cell therapies from a personal point of view, I think that's that's just incredibly exciting. Taka, how about you? Um,
3: yeah, I completely agree to that. You know, um, Probably I'm frankly a little bit biased because I'm a medical you know, doctor and a clinician scientist. But I, what I like the most about ISCR is really the balance between the high quality stem cell science as well as, you know, rising sort of enabling technologies to bring into the clinics, mostly from the industry friends. So to me, I think the choice of, you know, for example, being in academic sectors or industry sectors is not really, you know, much exclusive. I think it also depends on what you want to deliver out of your stem cell science in moving forward. In other words, you know, it doesn't relate to discipline uh, per se, like stem cell science. So I think my sense is that in future, I think we are really hitting the good timing to really make it more synergistic and more inclusive to all community, no matter what, where you are in uh, industries or academic sectors or even in an underrepresented community. So I think I'm, you know, pretty convinced that if you future of the ISSCR, is
0: really Bright. Terrific. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll continue our discussion on the ISSCR 20th anniversary.
3: The International Society for Stem Cell Research is a global scientific society that promotes excellence in stem cell science and applications to human health. Our vision is a world where stem cell science is encouraged, ethics are prioritized, and discovery improves understanding and advances human health. To join us, visit www.isscr.org. Welcome
0: back to the Stem Cell Report. We've been talking with Drs. Fiona Dutch, Takenor Tetkebi and Lenzan about the ISSCR and its impact on the field over the past 20 years. So for the three of you, as we look back across the past 20 years and ISSCR's evolution, I'm also curious to know how your respective area of research has evolved over the past two decades and where you see it going in the next 20. And we haven't got too long to go into this, so maybe just a couple crisp highlights, beginning with Fiona.
2: So the area we work on is um, stem cells in the adult brain. And I think the big advances were really um, back in 1999, when uh, we discovered which were the stem cells in vivo and they were kind of glial cell, which was quite paradigm shifting in terms of neurons and glia coming from different lineages. And this has opened up so many doors by being able to isolate these cells and culture them. Um, for transcriptome profiling, I think the other big advance is um, the niche. We understand much more about the stem cell niche and long-range interactions, systemic factors, innervation, plexus, so I, and CSF. So I think this has been really exciting, and now in the future, we're poised to understand stem cell heterogeneity and how they respond to physiological states. And with all these amazing new technologies to image and trace them, we can really understand the functional and physiological relevance of stem
0: cells. Good, and I hope you'll figure out what's going on with human adult neurogenesis in the, in, in, while you're Stay doing it. Stay tuned. <laughs> Taka, how about you in, in your area?
3: Right. I think, you know, in generic sense, the key is to remove the boundary between, the, you know, anything you know, uh, any areas, actually. So, for example, looking at the, you know, stem cell organoid space, I'm the person working on the liver space. But, you know, the field is evolving so that we can, for example, take account like how hematopoietic system is helping out or how endocrine system contributing liver metabolism, how neural components is regulating the uh, hepatic metabolism, right? So uh, I think from an organ centric view towards more, you know, system scale interactions is something we need to take account and in addition to that from as a community perspective you know uh, there are lots of border prohibiting the communication each other right so institutional barriers or academic to industry barriers what may be geography barriers or language barriers as well so i think this type of you know lots of boundary we can you know Overcome with the emerging communication technologies. You know, the, you know, recent days we have lots of, you know, virtual ways of, to talk to each other, right? Twitter, Slack or Zoom, whatever. You know, I think this is really something we should really pay attention to to improve the ways of communicating the different disciplines to interact. Maybe I think, you know, at the end of the day, if we can get a, you know, VR headsets uh, with the handy formats, maybe we can, you know, talk to each other from the space or whatever locations you are.
0: well Well, that that's a great perspective len how about you
1: yeah i think uh yeah we work on blood stem cells i think uh the past couple years have been about uh solving uh the cells of the niche and how they influence uh, stem cell behavior um i think that work is kind of in its heyday right now and a lot of people working on it and trying to understand it Uh, The blood system often serves as a paradigm for many other types of uh, stem cell populations. So I expect that to be going on. Um, We've been playing with uh, cellular barcoding technology uh, to be able to follow clones of stem cells. And this is just at its beginning. (laughs) But I'm uh, super excited about that technology. And I think that uh, it's a fancy way of doing lineage tracing and looking at timing of events and recording cells. And I'm Very excited about that whole area. Then I think one of the things in the future, we still have not taken an IPS cell and made it into a blood stem cell. And we got to do that. And because that's going to be incredibly useful. So uh, there's a number of labs going at it and we're we're getting closer and closer. So that's what I I see as the future goal.
0: Absolutely, thank you for that last one. And when you make them, we have the right mice here at the JAX to put them into.
1: We will collaborate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> great. Um, so I'm not gonna let this go by without mentioning the ISSCR's journal, Stem Cell Reports, which next year will have its 10th anniversary. Um, Fiona, you did a great job in the past at leading the publications committee. Uh, what do you see the role that the journal has played for the society and the broader stem cell community?
2: So, as you said, it's almost 10 years old now, and it's a really important online at open access journal, where you can rapidly publish excellent science. So I think that's a key role. The other is there's a lot of space in it for um, opinions and voices and perspectives to discuss some of these other aspects about stem cells. And I think what's really exciting now for the journal um, is that A lot of new directions are opening up with the digital programming and pairing of special issues with um, combined talks, the stem cell podcast, right, which is fabulous. (laughs) And and I think this is allowing a much deeper engagement of the community from a grassroots perspective so members can participate in this, get their work known, organize eventually some of these smaller um, symposia. And then another facet of this, that's just been announced, that I think it's really important is um, this early career editorial um, board that the Stem Cell Reports will have now. It's another way to bring in a more active membership. So we're very excited about that, too.
0: Terrific. Yeah, again, I'm looking forward to young people doing all the work as we, uh, as we move along. And speaking of younger scientists, uh, Taka, what advice would you give to the grad students, postdocs? And early career side, is it a listening about being part of the ISSCR or any society that appears, how can it help them advance their careers?
3: Well, you know, I'm still in the learning phase, honestly, so uh, I'm not sure I can say the big thing. But reflecting my past experience myself, uh, I have two components that really help my career development. So one being careers and second being fearless so without having something you are eager to know or learn or ask questions you cannot really imagine any of the action to take even at the meeting right and even if you have the you know curiosities next immediate challenge is the fear on your first move right so i think talking to senior people is a little bit you know you know scary and you know connecting with the different people is 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 you need a lots of courage to do so So I think, you know, uh, key to, you know, maximize your experience with the meetings or any of the interaction in a scientific context, I think uh, key is to be curious and fearless. So that's my two cents.
0: Two great qualities. And we'll finish up with Len. I I think you and I have probably been to every ISSCR meeting from the beginning. can you give us your most memorable story that you can recall from any of the meetings? Yeah, I'm really,
1: I'm, I'm excited to hear this. Okay. Well, I think there's the best memory ever, uh, was in the Yokohama meeting and, uh, it had to go that. Um, so I was asked to give a talk, um, for the anniversary, the 10th anniversary in Yokohama. And I put together slides which mostly had people at parties. And believe it or not, Martin, I had a few of you with some, you know, a little bit of wine or I'm just not sure it was whiskey even at, at these parties. And um, so then it's two weeks to go to the meeting. And uh, my friend Shinya Yamanaka calls me and says, I have a surprise for you. The emperor of Japan is going to come to your talk. And I said, Well, that sounds really great. That's super fun. And he said, so um, just I want you to know, you know, I wouldn't change anything, but just he's going to be he's going to be at the talk and with the empress. So um, so then about a week goes by and, you know, I'm getting ready to go to the meeting and um, and I get a call from the emperor's staff and they said that the it they thought it was unfair that I would be using slides in my presentation. And I didn't understand it, but the emperor must sit straight on to the crowd. And so the slides would be behind him. And so um, he thought it was unfair to use slides in my talk. And then the other thing is he would like my speech sent to the staff so they could translate it to, uh, to Japanese. So there was two problems with this. First of all, all I had was my slides and I didn't have anything written down. And um, my talk was pretty irrelevant without showing Martin with a glass of wine in his uh, at the party. So um, so I ended up um, on the plane writing out my entire uh, speech. And it's hard to write a 10 minute speech. It's a lot of words, you know. And so I wrote out the whole thing. Um, I arrived. I immediately sent it to the emperor's staff. And um, then I got a call from Shinya and he says, I need to teach you how to bow. And so one of the most hilarious things about this meeting is Shinya and I in a closet that is about like maybe three feet wide by five feet wide. And he's telling me now you want to go 30 degrees if you go too far down, that's not good. And if you're not far enough, it's not good. So you need to hit it perfectly and you need to bow before your lecture and bow after your lecture. So I'm trying to keep all this in my mind. And then he says, and one more thing, do not touch the emperor. So, so now I'm you know, getting ready. I get on stage. I, I do my bow exactly at 30 degrees. I, um and i uh you know then remember afterwards and uh, to bow and um just before i got on stage my graduate student took me aside and said i want to tell you something about the emperor and uh, and so uh she says you know the emperor is a fish biologist so uh it turns out that the emperor has published a science paper on the diversity of japanese fish And so, you know, when you have my byline on the top of my, you know, papers, it says Children's Hospital of Boston. And for the emperor's byline, it says the Imperial Palace, you know. So so anyway, so I, I do my bow, I give my talk, I do my bow again, and then I am shoved into a room where it's basically me and the emperor. And the emperor reaches out his hand. And I didn't know what to do because Shinya said, don't touch the emperor. But it was pretty clear the emperor knew what was going on. So I shook the guy's hand. You know, it seemed like the right thing to do. So then afterwards, we go into another room and there are groups of us meeting the emperor. And uh, I got to talk to him a little bit more. And uh, he said, oh, I, it's so interesting that you would use fish to study blood development. And I said, yes, it's, it's very interesting. I go through all the reasons why it's good to study uh, zebrafish blood development. And then um, I said to him, you know, if you'd ever like to do a sabbatical in my lab, I'd be happy to have you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was my uh, meeting with the emperor. So, you know, that was a once in a lifetime type of thing and really, really enjoyed it. Welcome to Japan. <laughs> thank
0: you. <laughs> totally cool. A lot of pressure, but you pulled it off. Well done. Well done. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you to our guests for sharing their stories with us today. This has been the Stem Cell Report. Thank you for listening.
3: Stem Cell Reports is ISSCR's open-access, peer-reviewed society journal for scientists by scientists. The journal publishes research and commentaries that drive the field of stem cell science forward.